Welcome to the Battle Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus, and I am here with my dad, Erwin McManus. So good to be here with you. It's a foggy day here in LA. It is. It feels a little fall or wintry. So oh, I love it. It's so good. Yes. <laughs> I'm wearing some warm layers. You're heated a little bit. I'm a little upset. Yes. Yes. Um, this podcast releases on Tuesday, so Thursday is Thanksgiving. So on Wednesday, we have uh, planned to help hundreds of families here in Los Angeles to uh, have a better Thanksgiving, families that are desperately needy of food. Uh, they don't have enough money to provide for their kids. So we were delivering boxes worth about $100 each, each box with turkey and food and all these different things. And then we're told by the Department of... Um, What's their name? I'm not going to say the person's name, but I say with the Department of Children and Family Services that um, we were not allowed why to deliver food. Their, why wouldn't you say their name? Because we need to vote this person out. No, because it might just be an employee that's actually just telling they, us what... I'm pretty sure they're a doctor. And They are a doctor. All right. But I'm not going to say their name. But okay. I am going to say the Department of Children and Family Services told our team that we were not allowed to deliver food to families on Wednesday for Thanksgiving on Thursday because of COVID. And I told my wife, this is where I draw the line. I'm super cooperative. I've not been trying to create any conspiracy theories about why the churches are not allowed to um, meet here in LA, especially. Um, but to not be allowed to bring people food on the day before Thanksgiving who are so needy and affected by not only the pandemic, but the quarantine and by the shutdowns and by the stay-at-home orders and um, is, to me, is unacceptable. And in my heated moment, I just said to Kim, look, I don't know if those would be fines. I don't know what the consequences are, uh, but we are not going to leave these families without food. We're going to deliver food to these families. Because, you know, right away, um, because they told us no, we kind of accepted the no. And, and to me, I've accepted the no that we cannot meet on Sundays. I've accepted the no that... Um, that as a church, we have not come together in almost a year. But I will not accept a no that says we're not allowed to take care of people who are being devastated uh, by the choices being made in this moment in history. Uh, that's where the church has to push back. There's an irony that in the first century of Christianity, uh, the Roman Empire refused to take care of people affected by, I think it was the Black Plague, and they took care of themselves, they isolated themselves, and they, they pushed everyone who was diseased away, and it was only Christians that were willing to risk their lives to take care of those people. The spread of Christianity wasn't because of some um, military strategy. The spread of Christianity across the world was because Christians were the only people with enough empathy and enough concern for others above themselves that they took care of people in the middle of the greatest plague in history. And because of that, people saw the authentic love, compassion, empathy, concern, and that's how the message of Jesus spread to the world. And so I, I as long as, you know, the, it's equitable. Look, they're not letting sports arenas uh, be filled with people, so we can't go to sporting events, we can't go to movie theaters, we, we um, you know, we can't go to concerts. So I look at it and go, okay, we, we, we can't meet together as a church, but at least there are other large events, even though they're not the same. A sporting event and a music concert and a, a movie are not essential, but freedom of religion is essential. But even there, I have said, okay, I'm not going to press back on that. But what really upsets me is when suddenly 
we're being told, no, you can't even be the church to the world. You have to just let these people fend for themselves. And then later the government's going to come back and say, oh, we'll take care of you. I'm not waiting for the government to take care of people. That's our job as human beings. It's not the government's job to take care of everyone else. It's our job as human beings to do that, and especially our job as the church. So I had them call and let them know that they're going to have to find a solution. You narked on your own self. Just do it. Don't tell them you're going to do it. No, and what's interesting is that um, the person— Wait, hold on. You called the government and told them we're going to do it anyways? I'm a very—you uh, know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a true anarchist. It is very interesting. Yeah, I don't want to do it um, the irony is behind the, closed doors. is the socialists who won't let us be socialists. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not putting it there. I'm just saying that fear is— You're the, not. I am. What do you think of that statement? Yeah. Now I'm saying fear is the worst motivator for decision making. You cannot make good so- decisions. Is it the socialist? By fear. Is it the socialist trying to make sure that we can't be socially responsible? Or are they hiding behind social responsibility to make sure we're not contracting a disease? Well, remember, socialism is not about our concern for other people. Being concerned for other people and caring for other people and using from what you have to help those who do not have, so that's, what is that's not socialism, that's humanity. Socialism is when the entire system shifts to where the government is now the singular organization that controls everything that's happening in a, in a society, even the good that's being done. So do we project good intention on a socialist structure? Would that be the biggest fallacy of it all? Well, I think the biggest fallacy is that the government is not a corporation. Most of the time when a person even as a democratic socialist, would be against big business. Most of the time, the, the ideology around democratic socialism is that corporations are bad, and so you need government to intervene or actually to be in control. The problem is that the government is a corporation. And so when you actually move toward a pure democratic socialism, the government actually becomes the singular corporation that's unchecked. And I have more confidence in multiple corporations competing against each other for um, the, the, the consumer's um, good rather than one organization called the government suddenly in control of everything that's happening in society. I don't trust any singular corporation because the government is a corporation that does not make money. It just consumes money. And it tells what the other corporations are allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. Yeah, and you do not want an Whereas organization. The, the irony is that the the idea of an antitrust lawsuit is held by the only system that is actually a monopoly which is the U.S. government. Right. We have to understand that governments are corporations, especially in this new world. And so then you look at the postal system. And which corporation is allowed to operate in every state? In every state, in every area, in every field, and have total control? Well, they don't have total control, but um, every slice of, of dynamic economic life that moves under the control of the government, for me... Is a is an unhealthy step forward, and um, and I'm and I'm not I don't want to speak in absolutes, but because I do I no love no that. because I, of I, the, love, I love I don't mind being wrong so I love absolutes only right. the Sith speak I'll in never absolutes. run for president so they can they can <laughs> dig this up all they want no because you have to solve things like um, 
because we have a government, we have good roads. But the roads in North Carolina are better than the roads in California. I mean, I pay a lot of taxes the here in LA. The roads in Orange LA. County are better than the roads in LA. Yeah, the roads in LA, I, 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 you'd think we don't pay any taxes because of how yeah. bad they are. Then I go to Virginia or North Carolina, the roads are amazing. I'm saying, how are they able to do this? And yeah. And so you do need government to do things like build roads, to take care of bridges, to... Do you, though? Do you? Because the best freeways ever been on are private, privately built. Yes, but that's... The problem is that if it's private only, they would only take care of roads wherever it was economic feasible. So, so people who need good roads in places where... Um, there isn't financial benefit wouldn't have those or they wouldn't have they wouldn't have electricity or they wouldn't have plumbing and so you do need to have so a what way you're saying is the roads for the socialists would not be as good as the roads for the no 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 because uh, a lot of the Americans who are actually blue collar or poor they're not socialists they actually just want a fair opportunity to be capitalists they want a fair opportunity to make money they want a fair opportunity to break out of poverty so I don't want you to assume that everyone who is poor, is a socialist. I'm not assuming that. I'm not assuming okay. that. I'm, assu- I'm, I'm just being I'm, funny. <laughs> I, no, I'm not being funny. I'm grouping together a group of people that have voted a specific way. People vote based on what they hope brings them the better future. The ideology is more at the top than at the bottom. And I know this so the being from El Salvador. movement is at the bottom. No, no, no. Well, even from El Salvador. Like the poor in El Salvador were not socialists. They were hungry. And they would support whatever party felt they felt would actually provide food for them. So you let the government, the local government, know that you guys are going to deliver packages anyways. Yeah, because there was a lot of dynamics. By the way... No, no, you did. Right? Yes, we did. So what did they say? Well, Hollywood said, please help. So I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. And Pasadena said, you're not allowed to do this. And they said, you can give people $500 gift cards or whatever. You know, you can give people gift cards. And I said, I'm not going to give people gift cards on Wednesday because they won't be able to use them by Thanksgiving. So that means they still won't have a Thanksgiving dinner. But and isn't then, that interesting? We can give them gift cards, but we can't give them food. Right. You can give them money, but you can't give them food. And... And we're saying, wait a minute, all we're asking people to do is drive their car, pull up to the parking lot, we'll put the food in the trunk of their car, there never has to be human contact, uh, but although I think there should be, and uh, at least a hello, there should be some kind of human interaction, but there doesn't have to be any human contact, and we'll let people come and get what they need and go. And that, that's, that's who we are, that's what we do. And, and not just as the church, that's what we should be doing as a society. And I'm really concerned that we're in this mindset where we're just fending for ourselves. We just want to protect ourselves. And and the posture that our government's taking right now is this posture of fear. And it and and I, yeah. The fear isn't what's what bother, the fear isn't what bothers me. It's the control issue that when the government gets tighter control, that's what makes me nervous. Yes, it's exhausting to watch the media on any level talk mm-hmm. about all of the things going on in the world, but I think it's the control that makes me nervous, mm-hmm. especially being in a very like government-heavy state in California. It makes me nervous when the local government tells you you cannot do something, but it isn't the law. Yeah. Well, I've been watching CNN this entire time. Yeah. And I'm so sorry. I, I can definitely say that for the last ten months, there hasn't been almost a single time CNN has pushed back on any restriction. They've been for every lockdown, every restriction during the entire Trump administration. Now this week, there was a shift, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, now that um, the elections are over, 
So then de Blasio decides to shut down all the New York public schools again. And CNN is hot. And I'm watching anchors talking to de Blasio and other uh, people representing uh, the city of New York and saying, look, um, 60,000 students in New York do not have Wi-Fi, do not have iPads. So when you're shutting down a school, only the educated can educate their kids. Uh, it's the poor who are being devastated. And it would be pretty similar to the LA County. Right, and, and this is what we don't realize is that, all right, there are parties happening across, you know, whatever, California, that have been identified as spreaders for COVID. So then there's a party that's spreading COVID. So then you shut down restaurants and businesses. There's a devastating effect across this nation. Not a big businesses. Big businesses are doing fine. Corporations are doing great. Um, you know, I mean, companies like Amazon are just crushing during this time. It, it is all the mom and pop shops. It's all the restaurant owners. It's all the, um, the, the mid-America business owners or middle-income business owners that are being destroyed whenever there is a, um, a stay-at-home order or a shut-down restaurants order. And I, I just think that we need to look at the science. I mean, I was just looking at this um, Danish study. I think from last week, where they had 6,000 um, individuals, they traced 3,000 who wore masks all the time, 3,000 who did not wear masks. And in this Danish study, what they found was that about, around 40 to 50 people contracted COVID out of the 3,000 who did wear masks, which is a pretty low number. And out of the 3,000 who did not wear masks, there were 40 to 50 people who contracted COVID. So there was zero statistical difference. Now, I'm okay with, okay, we're all having to wear masks, although I have to tell you, I, I saw this and I thought, no, this is, this is terribly unhealthy. Uh, Jeremy Faust, MDMS, ER phys physician, wrote this. He put a photograph of his mask and he said, this is my mask. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My mask is my best friend. It is my life. I must master it and I must master my life. Without me, my mask is useless. Without my mask, I am useless. Do you not see that it's highly manipulative and propagandic? Oh, yeah. When I'm reading this, I'm going, like, this where is are, so where do unhealthy. We, where do we live? Like East Germany right now? And, and, where are we? And so I, This I, is insane. Yeah. And I'm looking at this going... Does that not bother you? Are you kidding? It's terrifying to me because it's a subtle emotional dictatorship that is trying to terrify people into conformity. And now suddenly, I mean, do you think it's accidental that right before Thanksgiving, all of a sudden there's this massive uh, spread of fear and of infection increase, which is not the same as death increase. And, and I just think I, um, personally that there's a massive amount of cultural manipulation that's going on. And I know it's, it, it's, it, it's, it's um, not PC to say this, but I'm, I'm sitting this, in this thing a year later going, there's so much more science in. Uh, I mean, there, there's science from China, there's science from India. Uh, the, the, the science is so clear that it's the elderly and the highly vulnerable who are in danger by COVID. It is not the everyday uh, healthy American. And we should not be shutting down the nation. We should be isolating those who are elderly and vulnerable providing for them and allowing our economy to have a chance to thrive again. And it's amazing it's not as devastated as it is. 
Uh, you, you know, when I looked at it, even at the election week, you know, I, I'd heard rumors that it would be a 24, 25% unemployment. Our national unemployment was around 7%. I don't know how we've been able to maintain uh, that level of unemployment. But I, I see the increase in depression, increase in anxiety, increase in medication, increase in suicide. And we need to pay attention to what's going on. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on and make a prediction. Sure. Um, January 20th is the transfer of power. We have a new president on that day. Is COVID end? No, I think we're gonna, we're gonna go to an extreme lockdown for February, March, maybe April. And then suddenly after a, a devastating shutdown for a few months, we're gonna suddenly go, we're in the clear. And if it happens like that, I wanna have another podcast and talking about political, cultural, and media manipulation of, of society. If I'm wrong, I'll go back and say, oh, look, I'm pleasantly surprised that it didn't play out like that. It is miraculous that all of a sudden we have a vaccine that's being pushed through. Right and and that suddenly the cocktail three is Three vaccines? Wow. And that what? And suddenly the cocktail works and is um, validated. Um, I, I, I have an increasing suspicion even of how the science is being communicated to us. And... And for me, my anger is more rooted in the lack of concern for the poor, for, for um, the economically vulnerable. And the moment I'm told that the church can't be there to help people and to help them have at least a, 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 a little bit of joy in the middle of this horrific moment, that's what I'm going to push back pretty hard. I am so angry that I don't think my comments will help this podcast today. So with that, I'm very grateful that you've talked so much and that you've um, driven this one because I don't really have much to say, to be honest. I want people to have a great Thanksgiving, but yeah. I don't want people to live in fear. I don't want people to live for themselves. There has to come a certain point where we go, it's not just important to survive. I want to live I want to live well, and I want to serve. And that's what we're called to do. If you're a follower of Jesus and you're listening to me, your goal in life is not to survive. Your goal in life is to serve. And that needs to be the commitment that we have. And if you're someone who is still on a journey of faith or maybe yeah. does or doesn't believe, and, and, and for the people that do that are really mm -hmm. afraid, um, my buddy had Crohn's disease, he still does. Um, mm. Got COVID last week, totally fine now. His like 70 year old grandma got COVID, totally fine now. So I don't know who it kills, but it isn't my friends with autoimmune disease and it isn't my friend's grandma who's should have passed away as well. Obviously there's data that says people are dying of COVID. I don't know anyone who has. And so it becomes a difficult thing to believe. And so I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist and say it doesn't exist. There's obviously something that, that exists. And, and, I, and I know people have died. And I know that we got a we got a ping that we were in a place where COVID was last week. Yeah. And no one from our crew tested positive or got yeah. Yeah. sick. So it's like, so either we had it and we're immune to it now or, but how does that even work? I don't even quite understand it. So yeah. what I would say is if you're afraid, stay safe, but we should not build our future strategy on fear. Yeah. That yeah. cannot be the new reality. It's the reality. If COVID it is, is, the, the, new it is reality, the reality, it, we're in that reality. I, I, I'm, I can accept COVID being 
the new reality. I cannot accept living in fear and paralysis as the new reality. Mm-hmm. That, that, and, and, and if you do not believe in God, where is all the, where is all the evolutionary theory that says that um, every struggle actually refines us and makes us better as a species? What, what to me is fascinating that there is no conversation about that now. While there is no Darwinian survival to fit this conversation now, American society has not cared about the elderly and it's before the, a year ago. Yeah. That's why there's so many elderly in nursing homes, because we don't care about the elderly. And the reality is that if we actually cared about the elderly, we would have already had a system in place to take care of them. And and so I, I, I just think that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm pretty frustrated. It's funny. I I never felt angry when they told me, okay, you guys cannot meet for Sundays. I was disappointed and frustrated, but I was never angry. But I really became angry last night when I was told you can't deliver food to people who will go hungry on Thanksgiving. That's, to me, the line. And that's this conversation. When will you draw the line? Will it be about survival or will it be about serving? And on that, I would say happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Brian, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, too. I'm thankful for this podcast. Me, too. And now I'm angry. But we're going to close this out. You can rate and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, YouTube, and iTunes. You can follow us at Battery Podcast on Instagram. And you can email me, Aaron, at BattereadyPodcast.com. Let me know your thoughts. I would l- cannot wait till the next local government elections happen. Let's get them all out. Let's get people in who want to create a better future. Let's get people who aren't afraid. All right. Okay, I'm cold. The AC works in here. (laughs) 